0: Atheists are people who don't believe in God. Atheist, not God, right? And so those people don't believe that there is a God or that God is present in this place. Um, A lot of people I've talked to have said that we're going more atheist. I don't think that's true. I think it's actually something different. I think it's more pantheist. Many gods. And that fits a little bit more for me in this pluralistic society that there's just a lot of religious experiences going on, though they don't necessarily call themselves religious experiences. So today we're going to talk about that. What is atheist, pantheist, and what does the Bible have to say about that? And is there anybody in the Bible who talked about that? I think there is. Let's talk about it. Welcome to Church Public. Here we go. All right, thanks for tuning into Church Public. I am really glad that you did. I am really glad that you are joining in. Thank you for supporting. Thank you for being part of this. It is a labor of love, and I hope that it expands just because I think people need to know. They need to know about God. They need to know about Jesus. They need to know about culture and how all of those things mix together. I think it's really important that we talk about these things and continue to talk about these things because. As we go forward, the more that we know and the more that we're able to express, the better we're able to meet people where they are. That's why I started this and that's why I appreciate your help in it. If you wanna pray for us, I really appreciate that. If you want to support, you can go to churchpublic.com slash support and I really appreciate anything that you're willing to help us with. You can also check us out on social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, at Church Public, all of those places. So again, thanks for joining today, and let's go ahead and get started, see what we have to talk about today. So we're talking about atheists, and we're talking about people who don't believe in God, but really I think there's more going on. I don't think it's just people who don't believe in God. I think it's that their concept of God or their concept of religion is different than it used to be and Paul had something to say about this too and in fact we go back even a little bit before Paul and we go to Acts now Luke um, who was an historian and he really wanted to see what Jesus was all about and talk to the people that knew Jesus and followed Jesus and so he went back and interviewed all these people and wrote this book that we just call Luke right after luke he actually wrote this book called acts some people even call it luke acts i think that's silly anyway so we're going to look at acts today and we're actually going to start in acts 2 if you want to grab a bible if you want to pause it grab a bible read along that's totally great acts is a wonderful book to hear about the early church what happened how they did certain things so we're going to look at acts 2 and we're going to read about what happened in that early church and why it was so interesting and so specific so let's read this this is acts 2 i'm just going to start at verse 17 and in verse 17 we see peter who was, again, one of the apostles, the rock, right, Um, who Jesus appointed to start the church and to work on the church and to lead the church into this new, really, generation right after Jesus being on this earth. And Peter is talking to the people of Israel. He's talking to these good Hebrews, these Hebrews who grew up in Hebrew school, and they knew everything about being a good Hebrew, right? And what that means is, they knew the bible stories, they knew the bible prophecies, they knew the bible scriptures. They knew they would they would go to temple and you would read the different things out of the scroll. They would read Isaiah, they would read some of the minor prophets, Haggai, Joel, Daniel. And so they knew that things were coming and in fact, they knew that there was a Messiah coming. So, Peter comes to these people and talks about hey, here's some things you already know. So we look at verse 17, Peter says, in the last days, God says, and this is actually Peter quoting out of the prophet Joel, which again, everybody who was listening would have known because they go to synagogue and they knew these prophets. So Peter says, in the last days, God says, I'll pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophecy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I'll pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above, signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the coming and great glorious day of the Lord and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord who will be saved. Now, some of that is about the last days that haven't happened yet. Some of it is talking about that moment then. So listen to this. He ties it all together. Peter does. Verse 22, he says, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did among you, God did among you through him, as you know. So again, he's connecting some things. He's saying, hey, some of you were even here. Some of you even saw Jesus, and you saw him do miracles. You saw him do signs. You saw him do wonders. And so you know he was something special. He was something different uh, than just a regular man. And so Peter says, hey, remember this guy. And then Peter connects it all together and says, this is verse 36. Therefore, let all of Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And that's him connecting the dots, bringing things together for people who knew God and people understood that there was a Messiah coming. Verse 37, when people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter, what shall we do? Verse 38, Peter said, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus for the forgiveness of your sins. I'm going to skip to 41. 41. Those who accepted his message were baptized, and hear this about 3,000 were added to their number that day. So, here's the point this is how we've done ministry, this is how we've done evangelism for a long time, especially in America. We've done this thing where we think. People know the Bible. They grew up with the Bible. They grew up with the Bible in school. For many years in America, people grew up with the Bible in school, prayers in school, reading the Bible in school, and they would go to church, and people knew the Bible in church, and all we had to do is connect the dots. All we had to do was say, hey, remember that story about Moses. Remember that story about Jonah in the whale, right? You've learned it, and some of you who are more experienced may remember flannel graph. Amazing, right? Um, and all those things connected together, well, we're in a different season now. I, I really believe strongly that we're in a different season now. And, and just the evidence, like the easy evidence of that is, Bible's not allowed in school anymore, right? And you can't pray in school and you can't pray at work and you can't do a Bible study at your work in most places, right? You, you can't do that. That's, it's just not allowed. And so where are people getting this knowledge? And most people don't go to church. There's crazy studies that even people who do go to church only go like 1.3 times a month. I don't know how that 0.3 factors in, but, you know, averages. So most people don't go to church that much anyway, even if they do go to church, and then most people aren't going to church regularly. And then to be flat honest, some churches aren't even teaching what's in the Bible or even opening the Bible during their messages. So to expect, my point here is to expect that you can just roll up and say, hey, remember those Bible stories. Remember that God that you learned about in Sunday school or grade school well he's jesus and connect that dot it's just not going to work for most people so what do we do and the good news for us is if you continue reading in acts we find out some more information so we're going to continue reading on in acts and we're going to see what happens with this guy named paul some of you guys have heard of paul he wrote a lot of the letters in that we have now in the new testament and this is kind of his first entrance into the scene as we hear about what he's doing and how he is dealing with people who maybe have different thoughts than this Israelite people, but maybe have more similar thoughts to the way that we think about these things here and now. So what we're going to look at is Acts 17. We're going to jump ahead to this other part of Acts where Paul is talking to some people, and he's actually talking to the Athenians. You know, you've probably heard of Athens, right? It's still there. Um, And you've probably seen pictures of Athens. Maybe some of you have even been there. I will admit, I haven't, and I would love to go. Someday, maybe, right? But he's talking to these Athenians, and if you have been there, even if you've seen pictures, you know, there's temples all over the place. There's the Acropolis, uh, huge temple on top of that hill. There's there, there's temples to almost every god they had at the time. And in fact, there's temples, that, they had like idols, and they, they worshipped idols. That's, that's That's one of the reasons we use that term today, idols, because they actually had like, idols set up all over the place just so they wouldn't miss anything and so Paul he talks to them in chapter 17 and we're gonna um, we're gonna start chapter 17 verse 16 we're gonna look at Acts and see how Paul deals with this right so this is Paul hanging out with the Athenians talking to them and interestingly this may be a difference that we don't have now but hopefully it is I hope it is this is the part I hope right that The Athenians were interested in talking to Paul. I hope some people are interested in talking to us about this. That's my hope, but we'll get back to that in a second. Anyway, this is Athens, Athens. This is Acts 17, 16. While Paul was waiting for them in Athens, he was greatly distressed to see that the city was full of idols. So he reasoned in the synagogue with Jews and Greeks that were God-fearing as well as in the marketplace day by day with anybody who happened to be there. Love that, right? So, you know, take that for a second. He starts in the same place that we see in Acts 2 with Peter. He starts with the people who already know God, who already have a foundation, he talks to them, and it doesn't say what happened, but they probably understood because, again, they have that history, they have that biblical history. Like, it's not hard to say, hey, you learned all these things in school, connect those dots, okay, here we go. Now, he. it also says, Anybody who happened to be there, he talked to. So this is verse 18. A group of Epicurean and Stoic philosophers begin to debate with him. Now, I have a lot of history in, in Greek and Roman civilization, and I'm not going to go off on a tangent right now, but that's that's just an interesting thing. And, and all you need to know is the people of Athens, they did really like to talk, and they really liked to talk about everything, and there were lots of different avenues of thought and and even today we still have epicurean thoughts and stoic thoughts and maybe i'll do an episode on on those for those that are interested and i know for some of you it's really boring so i'm not going to get into it right now all to say there's a lot of different streams of philosophy that people were thinking about and learning about and talking about basically all day every day i don't know what jobs they had i don't know how they did this but this is the culture right so they say to him i love this what is this babbler trying to say like, in in essence, I hear this guy talking, but it just sounds like blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I just think that's funny, right? So others remarked, hey, he seems to be advocating foreign gods. They said this because Paul was preaching the good news about Jesus and the resurrection. And they had all these idols, they had all these gods, but they didn't know about Jesus. And they didn't really believe in resurrection. That's something you should know about the Greek gods. There was an afterlife, but... Maybe some of you have have seen some movies on Greek mythology or read some Greek mythology. It's very rare for somebody to come back from the dead. It was very difficult in their mythology. And usually, actually almost always, it didn't end up very well. Anyway, so if Paul comes in and says, hey, there's a resurrection. There's a life after death that's good, not bad. Like you would go to be with Hades. It wasn't good. Anyway, so... They're like, hey, let's talk about this some more. So, verse 19, they took him and they brought him to a meeting of the Areopagus. That's just where they hung out and talked. And they said, hey, may we know what this new teaching is that you're presenting? You're bringing some strange ideas to our ears and we want to know what they mean. All the Athenians and the foreigners who lived there spent their time doing nothing but talking and listening to their latest ideas. Now, that may sound really strange and like they don't have jobs. However, if you spent any time on social media, you know there's a lot of people on social media who apparently have nothing else to do but talk and vent about their ideas on social media, apparently without jobs. I have no idea. Anyway, all I'm saying is a couple thousand years, we haven't come that far, right? So Paul stands up in the meeting of the Areopagus and says, this is verse 22, people of Athens, I see in every way you're very religious. I think this is that connecting point between us and this culture that is, you know, a couple thousand years before us. I I think we have a lot of similarities because I think we are still very religious. Even those that contend they're not religious are actually very religious. And, And we see that in the way that they deal with issues. If you deal with an issue in an intellectual way and you just have a conversation, what's your point? What's your point? Okay, great. I think mine is right. I think mine is right. Let's work this out. You know, maybe somebody... That's an intellectual debate, and that's actually not religious. That's just logical, Um, it's just talking, dialoguing. If you say, hey, this is my idea, and the other person says, you're evil and you should die, that's not dialogue. That's closer to religion because it deals with morality. If you call someone evil or bad, that's not an intellectual idea. That is a moral idea you've crossed this line into hey what you're saying is not right morally and if you've listened to any news any politicians any people like that you know that there's a lot of this morality being talked about what's right and what's wrong and and some other episodes i've done and and we'll do more what's true and what's not true those are moral questions more than intellectual questions so so those are some things to just kind of keep in mind as you're hearing these these topics and these dialogues, right? So uh, a couple more verses here. This is verse 23 of chapter 17 in Acts. For I walked around and looked carefully at your objects of worship. I even found an altar with this inscription, to an unknown God. Now, uh, before I go forward and, and read the kind of climax of this in the end, I just think that's so interesting. And again, not that different from from where we are now. Um to an unknown god. They had idols, these places of worship for literally everything they could think of. The sun god, the moon god, the, the sea god. Um they all have names, it doesn't matter right now. But one of them at one point, maybe all of them at one point, were like, hey, just in case, just in case I'm forgetting a god let's go ahead and put up one and say this is for the one that i don't really know the name of but is probably a real god right (laughs) they just they wanted to cover all their bases and make sure they're not missing anybody we did an episode a couple of of, uh, weeks ago about a man and a woman and one of the things that the guy prayed for is to these gods and the hindu god and all these things and it's the same thing right it's like again we haven't come that far he's like hey just in case i'm missing one of the gods we're going to go ahead and offer to this god too so paul Again, walking around and in, in culture is like, well, well, let's hear what Paul has to say. This is uh, the end of verse 23. You are ignorant of the very thing you worship, and this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. He goes on, verse 32. Um, oh, sorry, I, I skipped a part there. Anyway, he says, this is what I'm going to proclaim to you. And this is right after verse 23, and he says, this Jesus is the God. And so he gives the gospel in the same way that he would have given to the Hebrews, but he comes at it from a different angle and a different side. And and so the, the point here is, like, what we have to do is we have to find that point where people have some belief in something and figure out how to connect with them in a different way. So it's this thing where you know, again, we've we've done this evangelism, we've done this church trying to connect people to a Bible, to a narrative, right? A story about God that they just don't know. They didn't grow up with, they don't understand, they don't have any history with. I, I've done I I've done a bunch of studies, like personal studies with people or group studies with people, and I'll bring up something from the Bible that I've known, I think, literally my whole life. Like easy things, like the story of Jonah, or the story of uh, we were we were talking about different things that go on inside of you, and um, we talked about the armor of God, and, and we talked about uh, James and and some other things. And anyway, if you if you grew up in church, you may know these things. If you didn't grow up in church, you don't know, and I can't judge you for that. You don't know what you don't know. So what I have to do as a follower like Paul, is walk around and find, hey, what's the thing that connects us together in a culture and how do I connect that with you so you understand there's more going on in this world and there is truth in this world and there is a savior in this world. There's a God who loves you and sent his son Jesus and now we can talk about that. And, and that's why this is a really important topic I hope it's not too intellectual for you in the sense that you've like checked out and it's it's really weird and confusing. Uh, go back and read Acts 2 and read the whole book, but but read Acts 2 and read Acts 17 and just see the different ways that the apostles went at like telling people about Jesus. It's such a different expression and, and they're both good ways. So again, you have to know who you're talking to. If you're talking to somebody who grew up in church, maybe you can just say, hey, I will connect these thoughts for you. More likely, though, in this culture, in this day and age, um, and in the way that the, the past few generations just haven't learned these things, we have to come at it in a different way. And that's my point. I, I just I want us to come at it in a different way because I really want people to know about God and to know about Jesus. And if we all can understand that evangelism is different than maybe we thought it was, and we have to help people understand what their beliefs are, and then help people understand what our beliefs are and and try to come to that place of truth, I think that's a better way to express this hope that we have, and really, it is all about hope. It's all about hope and the fact that we're not here alone and we're not just um, biological beings that live forty or eighty years and die. We have an eternity to live and and we're spiritual beings and and this is really important for how we live our lives and how we interact with the other people that are spiritual beings. And we talked about in the last episode that we are children of God and we are made in God's image, so we should bear that image. And And I, I want everybody to understand that. And hopefully, because you're tuning in, you might want that too. A couple of verses left that I want to grab in Acts as we kind of conclude this. So this is the end of Acts, and uh, this is uh, Acts seventeen thirty two. When these people uh, that Paul is talking to, right, the Stoics, the philosophers, the Gnostics, he says, when they heard about the resurrection of the dead, some of them sneered. I love that, right? Some of them, and maybe you've experienced that. I know I've experienced that. When we're trying to talk about Bible things, we're trying to talk about theological things, they just go, ha, ha, ha. no. I mean, right? And others say, "Hey, we want to hear you again on this subject." So, that's what you want, right? It, not that you can necessarily convince somebody in the first conversation, but hey, maybe let's have more conversations about this and see if we can't come to something that is an agreement and maybe you can understand where I'm coming from. Maybe I can understand where you're coming from and and we can connect and have this dialogue that leads to the fruit of the gospel. And this is verse 33. At that, Paul left the council. Some of the people became followers of Paul and believed. And I think it's I think the difference there is we can't overlook. In that first passage in chapter two, we heard that thousands of people believed because they were ready. Right? They were at this place where all you had to do was line up these dots and say, Hey, you knew about God, you knew there was a Messiah coming, Jesus is the Messiah. Messiah, Jesus is the Messiah, boom, it all connects together. In this other conversation, it's a longer conversation. People aren't ready to believe. They don't understand anything about God. They don't understand anything about the Messiah. They don't even know why they need a Messiah. So you have to start these conversations, and some people are going to scoff at you and say, yeah, you're ridiculous and crazy or something, right? But some people will go, hey, I want to hear more about that. And some people may believe and follow. And so the difference may be thousands to some, a few, one. But if you can help anybody believe, then you're fulfilling that great commission that Jesus left for you to go out and make disciples. And, and I love that. And it's not about numbers, ultimately. I mean, you know, we want everybody to know Jesus, but we want anybody to know Jesus, right? I mean, both things are true. We want as many people to know Jesus as possible, but we want as many people to know Jesus as possible. So we need to need to keep going at that as best we can. So go and read Acts 2. Go and read Acts 17. Think about those different ways, and think about who you know, and think about who God has placed in your life, because ultimately this isn't just about talking. This is about doing something, So who do you know in your life that you can start to ask questions about, think about, talk about, hey, what are your beliefs and where do these beliefs come from? And maybe we can find a common ground and maybe we can talk about this and maybe I can share who Jesus really is. And that's the ultimate thing that I hope that we get to. So again, I'm really glad that you tuned in and I'm really glad that. We've been able to have these conversations. I hope that you go to Church Public, check out some of the other episodes, go to churchpublic.com. And as always, God bless you and keep the faith.